Chris Oldcorn Show. We got a great show for you tonight. I'm joined by Dr. Silvana Spadafora, who is the Chief of Staff at Sioux Area Hospital, and we're going to talk about how is the hospital starting to reopen. It's a very interesting interview, and I'm looking forward to uh, you seeing it. But first, let's talk Algoma. The numbers are pretty much the same across the board. We've had 21 positive cases. However, we now have one more person who's recovered, which means we now have 17 of the 21 positive cases recover from COVID-19. What a recovery means is that they have now tested positive uh, two 24-hour time periods apart. Uh, we are still waiting for about 406 uh, tests to come back. That number is up a bit from the last few days when it was in the 300s, uh, but the, the actual province has not been testing as many people as they could. They can test about 20,000 and they've actually not even tested 10,000 over the last four days uh, on each day. They only did 9,875 yesterday, which was the most they've done actually in the past four days. So we'll be right back with my interview with Dr. Silvana Spadafora. Hello and welcome back. Today I'm joined by Silvana Spadafora, who is the Chief of Staff at Sioux Area Hospital. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Okay, so we're going to talk about what the hospital is doing during COVID-19. So what, what did the hospital look like during the pandemic so far? So when we received the order to change what we were doing day to day back in March, the first thing that uh, we undertook was screening at the front doors uh, and we limited the access points to the hospital. So anybody who comes in into the hospital had to be screened. This was to protect ourselves as well as to protect the patients we we're taking care of. Uh, we also looked at uh, limiting access to our volunteers um, and we made sure that the people that were here needed to be here, both patients and otherwise. We were also asked to limit our visitors. So we do have some visitors, but they are limited uh, per patient. Um, the screening continues on to this point. So that is an ongoing uh, thing. Uh, the volunteers are still not in the hospital, but they continue to work actively with our uh, volunteer services and they do help us out um, even though they're not on site. And our visitor restrictions are still in play as per the minister's uh, guidelines and, and uh, requests. Um, our screening has changed, so as, as we become more adept at learning about COVID-19 and its activity, the questions have changed, so uh, the screens have changed, um, but otherwise everything else stays about the same. When you go through the screen and then you attend the hospital, depending on where you had to be, uh, then you would see that people would be um, washing their hands quite a, quite a few times, you would be asked to wash your hands quite a few times. Uh, we'd be asking people to wear masks. You'd be seeing a lot of people with masks. And then if, if uh, depending on your screen, depending on what needed to be done, you could encounter uh, the staff wearing uh, protective equipment. So they might be wearing masks and shields, et cetera, depending on what it was that you needed to have done at the hospital. And we hear the term reopening a lot. Can you explain to our audience what the reopening of the hospital actually means? So if we were lucky here at our site that uh, we didn't have a lot of uh, activity within the hospital walls. We did have patients present uh, to, to the hospital, but they didn't have to stay overnight. Um, so we did have to realign and uh, relearn our protocols for the first little bit. So we did mm -hmm. see some decrease in some of our activities. Um, however, a lot of our services are still ongoing. So for example, our dialysis 
uh, program is ongoing, our radiation oncology program is ongoing, our medical oncology program, uh, some of our, our day services, so some of our endoscopies, et cetera, our CAT scans, MRIs, and even our, some of our surgeries. The elective procedures are the ones that have been slowed down. And when the minister talks about um, reopening that, specifically what it is that they're talking about is reopening our non-essential, our elective uh, procedures. The, um, the minister has, uh, has put out a checklist that each hospital has to um, uh, fill out. And then there is various tables that we have to present our hospital's plans as to how to open up and what it will take for us to open up. Uh, once the um, the checklist has been the the forms have been filled out uh, and the checklist has been uh, adhered to, then it's submitted to our regional table and it's signed off by our regional um, co-directors as well as our uh, public health um, officer, and then it's submitted to the minister, and then we get the go ahead to go ahead. Uh, none of us has received that final say-so as yet, and not all the hospitals within the Northeast or the Northwest uh, have been able to complete that checklist as yet. Uh, yeah, just a follow-up question there. Um, has there been any hospitalizations from COVID-19? I realize we only had 21 positive cases, but were there any, were, were any of those cases, did they have to stay in the hospital at all, or has everyone been able to recover at home? So because some of that information is confidential, mm -hmm. What I can share is that we did have patients present to the hospital with COVID symptoms. Mm -hmm. We've had some that have been tested positive with COVID. Um, that's pretty well what I'm going to be able to share. Okay. Uh, and what, uh, what are the first services to reopen at the hospital now that have been you know, shut down for the last little while? So the first that the minister is looking for reopening is going to be our elective surgical procedures. Okay. Um, and so that's the first on the list. There's there's multiple other services that have to be uh, opened up as well, but we haven't been given any say-so as to when those are going to be opening up. Okay. And what is your biggest concern about the reopening of the certain areas of Sioux Area Hospital? So as you and I discussed earlier, uh, my biggest concern is that people feel that the pandemic is, is a, is a one-time event. Mm -hmm. um, what's happened is that we have a new disease and we're learning how to live with this new disease. Um, and the pandemic is still ongoing. We still have COVID in our population. We still have a COVID within our province and within our country. And we're just gonna have to learn how to deal with it like a brand new disease like we've done before. Okay. And today I'm being joined by Dr. Silvana Spadafora, who is the Chief of Staff at Surya Hospital, and we'll be right back after the break. And welcome back. Today I'm joined by the Chief of Staff of Sioux Area Hospital, Dr. Silvana Spadafora, and she is joining me today to talk about how the Sioux Area Hospital is in the process of reopening. So, um, I've had several people contact me who are afraid to go to the hospital if they have you know, a stroke or a heart attack that's mild and they don't wanna to go to the hospital because they're afraid they're gonna get COVID-19. Um, should be, people be concerned about going to the hospital um, at all? So that's, thank you for bringing this up. So. Well, one thing we've learned in previous pandemics is the first message that people receive is 
don't go to the hospital if you're sick. And that's mm -hmm. that's the wrong message that they should be receiving. We certainly don't want people at the hospital who don't need to be at the hospital, such as visitors and volunteers, et cetera, until we learn the right protocols to keep them safe. But we have been set up specifically so that patients who need to be here are as safe as possible. So for example, in the emergency department, within the first few days of the pandemic, we opened up our footprint. What I mean by that is that we expanded where we saw our patients. So patients who presented with symptoms that were worrisome for COVID were separate from patients who did not have those symptoms. And individually, patients could be looked after without necessarily putting themselves or others at risk for contamination. That's true throughout the whole of the hospital. So that when you come in here, you will see that, that multiple people will have um, different types of equipment and, and masks and gowns and shields, et cetera, all based on our learning as to what puts the patient and the worker at um, the least amount of risk in order to be contaminated, get contaminated, or share the contamination. Okay, so let's say I cut my hand, I'm say putting a piece of furniture together or something and you know, razor blade slips and I get a cut. If I were to come to the ER today, what would that experience look like? Like, what would be the first thing that would happen? And what would the steps be to basically, you know, all the way through to getting stitches basically in the ER? We'd come through the doors mm -hmm. and you would be met up with the triage as well as the screening desk. And if you screened as a low risk for exposure to COVID, mm -hmm. you would be attended to in a portion of the hospital um, which has some, um, some of our uh, staff wearing um, PPE, such as masks and possibly gowns. Um, and then you'd be able to get your, your diagnostics, your labs, your, your x-rays, et cetera, and whatever else you need to have done in an environment where the, that risk is deemed to be low. If you came in and you screamed as a high risk, which means you had symptoms or you had an exposure to possible COVID, then you would be taken care of in a part of the hospital where the equipment would be uh, more fulsome. And so our staff would be wearing uh, shields and masks and specialized gowns and gloves. And so that again, the, you would get the same attention. You would still get your x-rays, your lab tests, your procedures all done in the same way, except that the staff would, um, would have you flow in areas uh, which is separate from the low risk patients. Mm -hmm. uh, and you would be, they would be wearing different kind of equipment. So how ha let's look at this also from the other side. How has the work environment changed for the people in the hospital now? Like, let's say I'm a, say I'm a nurse at the hospital. How has my day-to-day -day, um, work life changed since the beginning of this pandemic? So the one thing I tell everybody that asks me that question is there is nothing that I'm doing today which has been untouched uh, by COVID. So from the moment that I park my car, uh, mm -hmm. the gates are open because uh, the hospital has... Uh, stop charging for, for the, the parking for these months because of the, the, the hardships everybody's undergoing. To the screen as we come through the door, to the hand wash station once we get through the screen, to the masks that we're given once we go through the screen. Um, everything, absolutely everything that I do day to day, every single minute of the day has changed since COVID. Wow. And this will be going on for the foreseeable future until we either have herd immunity or a vaccine or something, right? Correct. So it means the, 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 my, the smaller parts may change, um, yeah. but the, the bigger parts are going to stay essentially the same. The, I think the simplest way to think about this is that this is a brand new disease. Mm -hmm. And until we understand it, until we have the medicines for it, until we have the strategies to combat it, we have to do what we understand so far. That may change in a day, that may change in a week. But for now, what we know works is hand washing 
end distancing. And when we can't distancing, when we can't distance, we um, we wear the, the appropriate equipment. Okay. And you're the chief of staff of the hospital. Like, what is your biggest concern right now? My biggest concern is is obviously um, making sure that everybody understands that this is the new normal. Um, I'm not looking for everybody to become monks uh, and to, to hibernate all summer. We need to we need to be able to enjoy the wonderful environment that we live in. So, for for various reasons, including our mental health reasons, um, but we need to do it in a way that's safe and accountable to our to our other citizens and to our our family members. Um, as as someone said to me, I just don't want to be the one that brings it home. Well, thank you very much for taking the time out of your busy day to join us here today. Well, thank you for inviting me. And today I was joined by Dr. Silvana Spadafora. She is the Chief of Staff at Sioux Area Hospital. And we'll be right back after the break. And thank you very much for watching The Chris Oldcorn Show tonight. I would like to thank my guest, Dr. Silvana Spadafora, who is the Chief of Staff at the Sioux Area Hospital, for joining me. And if you'd like to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you can, at Chris Oldcorn. You can also listen to the audio version of this as a podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, and other podcasting platforms. I'll see you back here again tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. for Special Report. Have a good night.